Uh, let's open our Bibles to the Word. Are you excited about the Word tonight? Isaiah 9 and 6. I am. I love the Word of God. Isaiah 9 and 6. Oh, His Word is living and active, isn't it? Anybody ever read the Word and just, it came alive and it's just, you're amazed that Jesus wept? Like, you can be that quick and you're just amazed that he, he cried, he feels, right? Um, Isaiah 9 and 6. When you're there, say amen. It's one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. It says this. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Amen. Let's just end there. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord God, that you allow us to have just your precious word in our life, Father, that we would not know what to do without it, Jesus. We thank you that it's living and active and that it changes us. And Father, I just thank you that as this word goes out, it will be clear that our ears are open, Father, our hearts are ready to receive, and that we will just glorify you more and more and get to know who you are, even the more, Jesus. We give you praise and glory. We agree and say amen. Amen. So tonight, the title of my message is called The Purpose of Christmas. Uh, the Purpose of Christmas. Tell your neighbor Christmas has a purpose. Yes, tell your other neighbor Christmas does matter. Amen. And we know that, right? You know, I, I've said it always, this is my favorite time of the year. I believe it is the most wonderful time of the year, as a song would have it. I think it's a great time. I, not just, forget the gifts and all that. I love the lights. I love the trees. I love the whole feeling of it. I like the smell, right? Just Christmas smells good, right? I, I just love the whole cheer, the, the feeling and the atmosphere. What I love most about Christmas, though, is that this is our time. Christians, this is, it's our time. Like, like right now, it's our time. On the secular radio, they're singing about Jesus all day. In the mall, Jesus is being praised all day. At the nail shop, come on somebody. They're just giving glory to God all day long. I was having a good time getting my nails done, and I, I love my nail tech, and he has a little, you know, broken English, love him. He's been my nail tech for a long time. He even knew the songs. There was no interruption with his language singing this. I'm like, look at him singing about Jesus. Of course, I don't say that to them because I don't want to shock or scare anybody. But, you know, these are, it, it's a good thing. Here it is. Buddha is in the place. Come on, we all got our nails done. Praise the Lord. But the whole place, even Buddha, singing about Jesus. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It's our time. It, as Christians, we should be excited about it. We should look at the negative thing that's happening. Um, I know there's a lot of controversy about, you know, the tree and all the pagans. Uh, listen, who's, no one's worshiping a tree, right? I don't worship my tree. Are y'all worshiping trees? No, you're decorating it. You're putting lights on the lights, of course, being the light of the world. Jesus is the light. And we're just, honestly, I, I believe that the Lord is pleased as he looks down on the earth and it's all lit up with lights. Honestly, I think it's pretty. You flew in an airplane before and you look down, it's pretty. And it's all for God's glory, whether you know it or not. So, so of course, you know things have shifted and, and now Christmas is trying to be kind of outed. You know, it's not really uh, politically correct to say Merry Christmas. You all know what's happening in the world. Um, now it's seen as a holiday. You know, happy holidays is very common. Um, a holiday, of course, is defined as a, a day of festive recreation when no work is done. That's the definition of a holiday. So when you say happy holidays, you're saying, hey, great day off. That's what you're saying, right? And of course, the world would have it that it's holiday. Then, of course, it's season's great greetings, or it's about the season. And season is just basically a time of a major holiday. And, uh, you know, again, there is a spiritual significance why 
um, the world would say, we don't want to say Merry Christmas anymore or Christmas. Remember, remember at school when it was Christmas break? Remember? Remember? Now it's winter break. Right? I mean, little things like that. I mean, even in schools, in public schools, we talked about Christmas and Jesus like it was no big deal. We also talked about that guy that brought the presents too. But Jesus, the baby, the manger, we were coloring. Come on, somebody. About a little baby in a manger. We didn't know what that meant, but we did the coloring because we knew that we're getting the gifts. Whatever. But the point is, we, it is our time to know about Christmas. Now, now I'm sure you're wondering where this whole uh, controversy came from where happy holidays and seasons greetings started. And if you're like me, you know, you go to Wikipedia. Praise the Lord Jesus. Okay. Where did it start? Late 50s, 1957 actually is what the year they thought that retailers, because they wanted to make more money, would so they stopped saying Merry Christmas. Because people that celebrated other holidays, such as Hanukkah, for instance, they felt like they weren't welcome to shop in their store because it was specifically for Christmas. So retailers thought, let's make it a holiday for everybody so we can make more money. Come on. It, it, it all went down to dollars and cents, right? So therefore, nobody would feel offended going into the store that it was specified for Christmas. And so as the retailers began to say that, more people felt they could shop at that particular store. And then it grew and grew and grew. And then some atheists and some, and, um, some, some people that didn't believe in Jesus thought that it would become a political issue and made it politically incorrect to single out one religion because there's definitely a lot of holidays. And so the point is this, people of God. There's a spiritual significance why people are trying to stop Christmas. Or stop being said Christmas. You know, life and death is in the power of the tongue, right? And the enemy knows that when we speak it, it shall come to pass. In fact, when you speak things, it changes the atmosphere. If you have too many people saying Christmas, something could happen. Okay, Christmas basically means the celebration of Jesus' birth. That is the meaning of Christmas. It is the annual Christian festival celebrating Christ's birth. That is Christmas. We're clear on that. It's not a holiday. It's not time off. It's not time to shop. It's not time. It is. We are celebrating Jesus' birth all around the world. The purpose of it is we're celebrating the birth of Jesus. But the enemy knows that if we can get the focus off the real meaning of Christmas, that we can just make it like it's just something and you just do what you do and no one will speak with their mouth on what it's really about. There's other Christians that say we shouldn't celebrate Christmas because they think that miss, miss, the miss part means mass, which means the death of Christ, and so we're glorifying Jesus' death. But I hate to say it, I kinda, I'm kind of happy about the death. Amen. I, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I hate that he suffered and died the way he did, but had it not been for the death of Jesus Christ, we would not have gained salvation. All right? And if we hadn't gained salvation, we would have no fellowship with the Father. So if you want to look at it that it's Christmas, a mass, okay, yes, that did take place. Jesus died, but yet he lives. He is not dead, right? So it's something to be celebrated and glorified. And the reason why I'm bringing it out tonight is because I want us to know as Christians, it is our time to glorify God, that we should be excited that wherever you go, songs are being sung. You hear Mariah Carey, for goodness sake, sing an old holy night, and she tore it up. Come on, somebody. It was halfway anointed. It's not because who was singing it. It's about who she's singing to and what she's singing about. Come on. Christ is born. Jesus, Jesus, the Messiah is born. So, so Merry Christmas is saying, I celebrate Christ. So everywhere we go, people of God, we should say Merry Christmas. And if you get a happy holidays, no, praise the Lord, Merry Christmas. I celebrate Jesus. I celebrate Christ. Jesus is the reason for the season. Come on. And, and, and it's not necessarily the meaning of it, but it's the purpose. And I want to get into the purpose of that tonight because you all know that a spiritual shift absolutely took 
place when Jesus came upon the scene, that we it, astronomically a star was birthed out of the sky in the middle of nothing and guided shepherds to where Jesus lay. So, and then historically, absolutely that happened. It is a real truth that Jesus was born. Whether you believe in him or not, it is a fact that Jesus Christ was born. It's a fact that King Herod, back in that time, were murdering children under the age of two years old, trying to kill the king. But you know he could not get to him. It is a fact that we are celebrating a live situation where we are able to spiritually tap into heavenly places because a virgin named Mary gave birth to a supernatural son who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Come on, Jesus is real. It really happened. Something significant happened in the universe when Jesus arrived on the scene. So there's a spiritual significance why the world would say, no, 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 it's the holiday, it's the season. No, you just remind the devil, you can try and you can try to mark it, but it is about Jesus Christ and you can't get away from Jesus. I, I just get excited about it. You know, it's special to me about the songs because understand this, we as people love music. We're, we're, we, come on, we love music as a huge industry. We like music. We like the song, we like the whole deal. God wired us to love music because we're all worshipers. And so as the music is being played in unholy regions or to people that just so happen to listen to the radio station because they like Christmas music, do not think that the Holy Spirit is not working in that music. Do not think that there's people that may not know Jesus that feel a need to cry and have no reason why because they're singing about Jesus Christ. I remember from my earliest memories of worship, I, I, I probably was nine or 10 years old, and my mother had nativity scenes, and I, you know, the little nativity, I'd play with the nativity under the tree. It's funny, growing up, I thought it was just, I don't know, characters, like the Smurfs, or, you know, I didn't know what those things meant, praise the Lord. And uh, as I'm playing with the baby Jesus, I'm singing songs, just making up songs as a young girl to him, and just singing songs to Jesus. I had no reason why, I didn't know why I was doing that, but I'm singing to him, and all of a sudden, I began to cry. And I can remember to this day wondering, why am I crying about this little baby? Why do I have so much compassion for this little baby? I had no idea that before the foundation of the world, Jesus chose me and called me and said that I belong to him. And the word of God was written on my heart. I had no idea that I was belonging to Jesus Christ. And I had no one showed me how to worship. It was a natural response when you think about Jesus Christ. And so as these songs are being played, please know that we can pray in the morning and say, God, touch somebody with your music today. Touch somebody with your message today. I believe that the whole world can be saved if they just accept Jesus Christ. Even driving in their car, they may have no idea, but Jesus is being magnified. So the word of God says, Isaiah 9 and 6, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This scripture right here is why the world would have us get away from celebrating Christ. This right here is what the world does not want us to tap into, that it's not a tree or a gift or a time or a holiday, but it is actually spiritual significance that took place because the word says here, for unto us a child is born. 600 years before Jesus came in the book of Isaiah, it says, for unto us a child is born. Not that he's here already, but is born because it's a prophetic word coming 600 years before Jesus was here. For unto us, for unto us. Come on, say us. God gave his son to us, 
The gift was for each one of us individually and collectively. That alone can blow your mind if you think about it long enough. But for unto us a child is given and a son was born. And let me just explain this. The purpose of the son is absolutely important with this because before this there was no, there was no representation on the earth. But God had a plan to get himself here, and he, Jesus, became the living word. Look at John 1, 14 and 15. John 1, 14 through 15 says this. It says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as if the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The word was Jesus. Jesus is the word. What became flesh, the word of God became flesh. The word of God walked on the earth and became flesh for us. That is extremely significant, right? Um, John 14 and 6 says this. John 14, 6 says, Jesus said to me, I am the way. The truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Significance of the Son. We did not have access to the Father until Jesus came to the earth. For unto us a son is born. The Son was born so we could have access. The only way to God is through Jesus Christ. I'll say that again. The only way to God is through Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed. I'll say it again. The only way. There's not many paths. There's one way to God and it's through Jesus Christ. John 8, 36 says this. It says, therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. I don't know about you, but I'm excited that Jesus sent his Son so I could be free. The reason why we have any freedom, and I'm talking spiritual freedom, is because Jesus Christ was sent. And through him, we are no longer bound to sin. We are no longer in bondage. We are free people. Because once you tap into Jesus, there is a remedy to your life. There is an answer to your issues. It is Jesus Christ. And Ephesians 1, 3, and 5 says this, because of the Son, we've all been adopted. If you read Ephesians 1, 3, and 5, it talks about this, that we were uh, foreknown or predestined just as Jesus was. And now, basically, he is our big brother. So the Son is significant. It's, it's significant that the Son is here. So now we've been adopted. We can get to the Father through the Son. The only way to God is through the Son. And Jesus is the living Word. So it says, unto us a Son was given. And then it goes on, the Word says, that, that the, the government will be upon his shoulders. And the government, we're not talking about the government today, the government, right? We're not talking, man, we need to really pray who get, wins office next, right? Are, are y'all like really interceding? Like, we need to, like, fast and the whole election. Because <laughs> it, it, it's very interesting. I mean, praise the Lord. But, we, but, but not that government, because that's the world's government, right? We're talking about the kingdom of God government. The government that's invisible, okay? The kingdom that we cannot see but yet lives inside of us. The government shall be upon his shoulders, meaning that Jesus backs the government. Okay, are y'all following me? The, ki the kingdom of God, the kingdom you know, the, the God's rules and ways. Like, we're, we are part of the kingdom, okay? We're in the world, not of it. We are kingdom citizens, right? So we have different sets of rules. That's why the world can be in debt and going through drought, but we have more than enough, okay? It's just, it's, we're, in a di it's, we're in a different place, okay? You know, they, they can say the economy's crashing and that house markets are down, but we're buying houses. Come on. Okay, <laughs> come on, that, we're, we're, in a different, it's, we're in a different kingdom, okay? That kingdom, the doctor says you're sick, or, but Jesus says you're healed, that kingdom, okay? That, we're, we're, it's a different government, okay? And the word says that the government is on his shoulders, meaning that Jesus backs the kingdom. Remember I did the teaching on how to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth is in heaven. When we pray, we're praying, God, your rules come here to earth, as your rules are in heaven. And because I belong in the kingdom, the rules apply to me. Because I'm a citizen of your kingdom. 
that type of government is on his shoulders, okay? So we're thankful for that, right? And then the word says that he will be called wonderful. And not that he is wonderful, but that he'll be called wonderful. And not that, does he, that he just does wonderful things, but he is wonderful. Everything about Jesus, God, the Lord we serve, is wonderful, right? There is no bad thing in him. Can I get an amen? We do not serve a bad God. Anybody remember when they first got saved, we thought God was mad at us and that he was out to get us? Any, will anybody be, that, that maybe he was going to get you? Come on. There's only two people that thought God was going to get you? I used to be afraid that lightning was going to just end the moment. You know, you know, people, you invite people to church, they say, no, if I go, the church will blow up. And I have to tell them, oh, no, it would have blew up a long time ago because we're all here. Praise the Lord. You know, God is not, a bad, God is not mad at us. He's a wonderful God. He's a good God, okay? Everything in him is good. He is exciting. It's exciting to serve Jesus. Come on. Anybody excited to serve God? It, it's exciting. That's why I hate that this spiritual blues comes, um, the, the, this holiday depression comes. And honestly, that is a, if you're struggling with that, I prayed, I prayed about this this afternoon. If you're struggling with depression and the holidays, and you don't know why, but for some reason you're sad, rebuke that spirit in Jesus' name. You should be excited that this is the best time of the year. Come on. Don't get caught up in what you have and don't have. You need to be excited that Jesus is being magnified right now. Don't you wonder why the spiritual battles are even more intense? Okay. All right. So I'm not going to go into that right now. But wonderful. Um, astonishing. Jesus is astonishing. He is unusually good. He does unusually good things in our lives. Um, Psalm 107 and 21 says this. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Oh, begging, can we just give thanks for the wonderful works he's done? Can we just take time out and say, Jesus, you are wonderful. You are a great, victorious, glorious God, right? Psalm 107.31 says it again. Oh, that men would give thanks for his goodness and the wonderful works of his children. Psalm 111 and 4 says he has made his wonderful works to be remembered. That's why that wonderful thing that happened to you, you can't forget. You can forget all kinds of details of your life, but all of us have that one thing that we know every detail. We'll remember the time of day. Come on. We'll remember where we were when that wonderful thing happened because it's just amazing and astonishing, and it's so good it doesn't even make sense, and you can't forget it, and you won't forget it. Psalm 119 and 27, it says to make me understand the way of your, your precepts so I shall meditate on your wonderful works. Again, that holiday depression, woman of God, I dare you, just think of God's wonderful works and think of the wonderful things he did for you and your family. The fact that you are not homeless, the fact that you did not lose your job, the fact that you have food in your house, the fact that your kids are saved, the fact that if they're not, they will be, come on. The fact that general curse, generational curses are broken in the name of Jesus. Come on, that you will not repeat what your dad did and your granddad did. That you are a new creature in Christ. That God is doing great things for your life. That you are not going to experience lack. It was not like it was last year. Come on. And you know it got better. Come on. You know it's better than it was. And the enemy was trying to lie to you and tell you that there's been no change. But no, if you think back real quick, just look at your church and how that changed in a, in a year. That should give you enough praise to say, God, you are wonderful. And I know as you build your church, you're going to touch my house and you're going to touch my life. He's wonderful. Meditate on it. Think about it. Let people wonder what you're thinking about at work. Oh, just how good God is. How is he good? You know, he just is. He's wonderful. Oh, he's wonderful.
He's a wonder. <laughs> Come on. Psalm 119 and 129 says, your testimonies are wonderful, therefore my soul keeps them. Don't ever get tired of telling your testimony. Don't, don't ever. Now, you realize a testimony is something you're, you got over. A amen. Your testimony shouldn't be your struggle. <laughs> you're still working on it. Praise the Lord. But a testimony, what, a pastor and I get up here and tell of our marriage and all that, and you know why it's so great? Because it's, it's his wonderful, it's, his, it's, it's God's testimony. It's wonderful what he did. So I'll talk about it over and over and over again. Y'all just listen like you never heard it. I love it. Because his testimonies are wonderful. Sit around your kids and talk about how good God is. Sit around your kids and remind them what you didn't have and what you have now. Come on. I was talking to my kids the other day about Christmas, and I just come to the conclusion of this. We didn't celebrate Halloween with costumes and candy, and we didn't do the whole Christmas situation with gifts because we just couldn't afford it. Okay, next. You know, it's funny how you get older. You know, I, I made it a spiritual reason, but really, it just costs too much. So, and I'm not about to give you gifts from a stranger. No, I worked for that. Okay, amen. I'm not trying, I know some people are at, for their kids are really into that, but we worked hard. I'm not giving a stranger credit. Sorry. I had to work, stand in line, pull some overtime, do a couple favors. Come on. Praise the Lord. Testimonies are wonderful. He's not only wonderful, but he's a counselor. This is my, one of my favorite parts of this, people of God. As you're saying Christmas, and people are saying Merry Christmas, remind them the purpose of Jesus was that he would be a counselor. A person trained to give guidance on personal, social, and psychological problems. Can the church say amen? A counselor. Jesus is a counselor. And not only does he sit and listen to your problems, he gives you answers. Has anybody went to a counselor before? I've seen counselors. And you sit there and you talk, don't you? And what do they say? Nothing, right, nothing. They listen. And you're talking and you're talking and you're talking. And, well, how does that make you feel? Well, how did that make you feel? Well, what do you, why do you think you did that? I don't know. I'm asking you. I, I want you to tell me why I did that. <laughs> but a counselor will listen. Thank God our counselor listens and he gives answers. Come on. And he doesn't charge us per the hour. Can I get a big amen? He sits and he listens. And here's the best part, Psalm 55 and 22. Cast your burden on the Lord, and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. You can actually put your burden, your worry, your anxiety on Jesus. And he's saying, will you please give me your problems? I don't want to just listen to him, but say, God, I give you this fear. I give you this anxiety. I give you this turmoil. I give you this unforgiveness. I give you this pain. And Jesus is like, yeah, bring it on, bring it on, because I'm meant to carry them for you. You should have light. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Come to me. Give your problems to me. Now, I'm talking to some people that really have had some real issues. And those that are standing up know exactly what I'm talking about. Those problems that had you up all night long and you finally remembered wait a minute my Jesus is a counselor and he's always open come on and if I just get on my face and say God take it from me he is willing and able to take it and then you get up from praying feeling lighter and feeling better and you don't know what's going to happen you just know by faith God did something and by faith God is changing things and by faith when you wake up in the morning things are going to be all right come on and give your counselor praise. Hallelujah. Cast your burden onto the Lord. He wants you to. 
Sometimes we get so bogged up and worried in our thoughts. Take a second and say, Jesus, we need an appointment. Emergency 911 right now. I need to tell you how I feel. I tell Jesus, how, I tell Jesus when I'm mad and when I think it's not fair, when I'm upset. And even when I'm mad at him. Oh, come on. Oh, okay. Am I the only one? That said, Jesus, I'm real, like, seriously, I, I don't want to break up with you, but I might. <laughs> of course not now in my later years, but before, I was like, wait a minute, I don't understand what you're doing, and I don't get you, and I don't understand you, and God, I'm mad at you. But then you feel his peace and his comfort, and he's like, yes, daughter, that's what I want, because guess what? If you don't tell him you're mad, he still knows. <laughs> you can't fake it with Jesus. He's like, just, just confess your fault one to another so I can heal you, right? So, so he is a counselor. He's also a mighty God. Anybody know Jesus is mighty? He's mighty. Remember the meaning, the purpose of Christmas, the purpose of the Son coming to earth for us. The reason why we're going to be celebrating in a few weeks is because he's a mighty God. He has great strength and great power. We do not serve a weak God. Our God's not weak. He's strong. You should really be excited about that because nobody likes to be around weak people. Come on, wives especially. We don't want to know our husbands are weak. Come on. You even want to look like he can lift a little weights, right? You know, you might have a gut, but have some muscles. I mean, you know, right? You know, at least look like you can pick me up, maybe. You know, I don't know. At least look strong. <laughs> you, right? I mean, guys, if you don't know, we care about that. We want you to at least look like you could, you know, push a car if you had to. <laughs> pick up a box, you know? Look strong. It matters to us because strong means that you're dependable, and it means you're reliable, and it means that you will make things happen. And our God is. Psalm 150 and 2 says, praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. He is a great God. He does mighty acts. His acts are not weak. They are strong. Some of us, just to get you here tonight, it took a mighty act. <laughs> Thank you for the honest folks. It was mighty. Because right now, the struggle also is, because it is Christmas, you want to be cozy and under a blanket with uh, some coffee in a Lifetime movie. Praise the Lord. Or the Empire special is coming on. They're singing Christmas carols. Praise the Lord. You know, whatever it is, there's always a lull to just be home and just chill and just drink some coffee and just, you know, and it's nice because we're feeling the atmosphere. But it took a mighty act for you to get in the car and say, no, I'm going to church. I can watch a DVR later. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'm glad that show's over because I think our attendance will pick back up. Praise God. So, which is true. One of the little kids told my daughter, who's a junior high teacher, oh, we're back now at church, Stella, because Empire's over. I said, oh, Lord. Okay. But he does mighty things. Amen. Uh, Matthew 13 and 58. Now, if you have not seen God do mighty things in your life, let me share this with you, okay? Matthew 13 and 58 says, now he, Jesus, did not do many mighty things, mighty works there because of their unbelief. This is a scripture in Matthew 13, 58, for sake of time. I'm not going to read the whole text, but just this right here. Now he did not do many things. Jesus did not do many things, mighty works there. Didn't do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. If you have not seen God do mighty works in your life, has nothing to do with Jesus. Has everything to do with you. Amen. If, you did, if, if, if you're like, wow, God's never done anything mighty for me. Well, right here. He can't move unless you believe. He cannot move unless you believe. Has nothing to do with the, with, has nothing to do with the preacher or the pastor or the church. 
It's you not believing that he can do mighty things in your life, okay? So if that's you tonight and you're like, well, I've never seen mighty, I dare you to say, God, I believe you'll do a mighty work in my life. And he will do it. Amen? He's our everlasting father. He's our protector. He's our provider. He's our everlasting father. Psalm 68 and 5, father to the fatherless and protector of the widows is God in his holy habitation. And I love this scripture here because it wipes out any excuse we all may have on why we're crazy because we had no father. I'll say that again. It wipes out every excuse we may have that we have issues because we have no father. You know, you meet women, oh, daddy issues. Yeah, that we, it's just true. Right away, all oh, daddy issues. And it's kind of like, oh, we get it. We understand why you're nuts. Your dad wasn't, we get it. You get a pass, man of God, on treating your family terrible because you didn't have a father. Oh, no, the scripture wipes it out right here. He is a father to the fatherless. He is a father to the fatherless. He is a father to the fatherless. And he's not a weakened dad. He's an everlasting father to the fatherless. He is there for us every moment of our lives. Amen. And I love that because God knew how important fathers are to the family. And so the Lord's like, you know what, I'm just, I, I appreciate dads and we've got some great dads, but I am still the father to the fatherless. Amen. And of course, he's the prince of peace. And I'm closing here because of time, but Christmas, the purpose is so that the prince of peace would come. And we're not talking about peace on earth. Okay, because we, we sing that peace. We, we all want peace on earth, right? In fact, when there is peace on earth, hopefully we're not here because, you know, we're, we're gone. Come on. I don't want to get into the rapture teaching and do, I can though, but I'm not. Okay, so when peace on earth is, we're, 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 we're gone. All right, we're going to miss that. It doesn't matter. We're with Jesus getting ready for war. Okay, praise the Lord. So the thing is this. It's not the peace on earth, okay, because it's in the world, not of it, Right? And the world is getting worse and worse. Can I get an amen? amen. We're, we're, we, the world is crazy, right? I'm praying constantly for our world all the time and for you all all the time. It's nuts. But thank God he has his hand on us. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. Come on. He's the author, finisher of our faith. Come on. I've, to, I've told my children, hey, if you're in a place and you hear the Holy Spirit say get out, don't even ask. Go. Same with you, church. If you just feel funny. Don't just listen to the Holy Spirit. I believe the Holy Spirit leads and directs us. And I believe if we hear enough, hey, uh-uh, I don't know. I don't feel right. I'm out. Nothing might not happen, but I'm just being led by the Spirit of God. Come on. More than ever before, we've got to be spiritually in tune and hear what the Spirit is saying, okay? So the point is this, though. It's the peace, Prince of Peace, the peace that we have found because we know him. Remember when you didn't know Jesus and you had no peace? Come on. Remember you hated going to church because when you got here, you were reminded how far you were from him? And it wasn't, he didn't do anything to you. You just were reminded. You just weren't, you, you know where you are. So you didn't feel right in church because there, you had war going on between your flesh and the spirit. We've all been there. Pastor just stared on Sunday. He was at the club and there's Jesus right there talking to him in the club. After he just drank a zombie. If you missed it, you got to listen to the podcast. A zombie is a drink of mix of everything. Those that are smiling know what I'm talking about. Those that don't are the saved ones. Praise the Lord. But there's a drink called the zombie. <laughs> And right after it was done, feeling nice, as he would say, here comes Jesus. Talking to him in the club, over the bass, over the music. And guess what? Messing with him, bothering him, would not get, there's no peace. Remember when Jesus bothered you? Remember, come on, remember he would wake you up? You're like, what? Or he would send strange people with God messages. 
<laughs> Come on. He sent that one old lady just to you to tell you about your prophesy of your life. You're like, Lord, if you don't leave me alone, right? And it's because you did not have peace with him. But when you found Jesus and you accepted Jesus, all of a sudden you have peace between you and Jesus. There's no more war. There's no more fight anymore. You've yielded to the spirit of God and you've told your flesh to die. So you're not fighting as often as you used to. And the only place you find peace is when you're lined up with Jesus. He is the Prince of Peace. When you're in alignment with Jesus, he is the Prince of Peace. There's no more war anymore. Amen. Anybody see Forrest Gump? Love that movie, Forrest Gump. Best movie ever, right? Remember when Lieutenant Dan was on the boat and it was rocking in the waves and he was literally fighting with God. Remember that? He was yelling at God. He was, he's like, bring it on. And all the waves and the lightning and poor Forrest didn't know what he was doing. And so, and you saw that. And then all of a sudden he gives in. He gives in to the storm. He gives in to that mighty hand of God. And the peace calms. And then Lieutenant Dan changes, doesn't he? That's what happens to us. We've all been on that same boat. But then we say, okay, I'm done. Our life calms. So that's why with no matter what comes our way, we don't freak out because we got the peace of God. That's why we don't respond to things as other people respond to. We got the peace of God. We don't fear like we used to. We got the peace of God. We, we have this peace that I know that my life has been changed. And guess what? Because you have God's peace, you are effective everywhere you go, and it's contagious. And then people want what you have. They want to know why you don't worry and why you're not stressed out and why you're not depressed and why you don't cry and why you're not all messed up with the news and the bad news and all the crazy news that's going on. And you say, oh, i got hope in God. I, I've got hope in Jesus. He is my hope of glory. So that's the purpose of Christmas. For unto us a child is born, a son was given to us, a son. We have fellowship to God because of the son. The government, the kingdom is on his shoulders. He backs the kingdom, people of God. That his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Our God shows up in all those forms. And that's the reason why we celebrate Christmas. The, 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 we joyously rejoice at his birth. Because all those things that we need in our life came to us in a small package as an infant baby. So he's our gift. He's our gift to us. And we thank God for who he is. So next time you're talking to someone or you're listening to music, even tomorrow at work, why, don't you love when they play it at your work? Or do your jobs that you play Christmas music at work? I love that. Any other time you can't play your Christian music, just say, oh, wait till December. I got 31 whole days for, for me just to sing. And, you know, some songs can be about just good times, but there's those songs. Oh, holy night, joy to the world. Oh, come all you faithful. Come on, you know, there are nothing but the word, the word of God, and everyone knows the song because it's all about Jesus. If you are blessed by this message, come on, give the Lord a hand praise. Hallelujah. It's all about Jesus. And I'd ask all of you guys to stand real quick and Except for you with the new baby in the back. I see you with the baby. You don't have to stand up. Everybody stand up because I think it's really important that we leave just in prayer. I, I just, more than ever, we need to be praying a lot more, people of God. Not fearful prayer.